welcome to the round. We are still a podcast and we're still very gay. Very, very gay. I'm your host, uh, Brandon Delsett. I'm gonna be our moderator for the evening, talking about some hot topics. And we have a wonderful panel of gay friends that we're gonna talk uh, about some great hot topics with. But first, we're gonna talk, uh, before we get to our hot topics, about something going on in your week. Um, something going on in my week is I'm really excited. I'm doing more performances of the Big Bang Theory parody musical. Um, so follow me at Brandon Delsed one to get more info on that. And make sure you also follow our Instagram for the show. That's The Round Podcast on Facebook as well as Instagram. So let's meet our first panelist. Hey guys, this is Nico Kazanjian. You can follow me at Nico Kaz, N-I-K-O-K-A-Z-Z-Z. Um, something happening my week is I have some cousins coming out here from LA and I'm very excited mm-hmm. to take them out. My cousin mm-hmm. just turned 21. I'm taking to her gay bar. Yes. Although I snuck her into one last time mm-hmm. she was here, which was <clears throat> maybe underage. But um, Perfect. No, anyway, talk to the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> it's New York. No one knows. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. Hello, it's me, Tyrude. You can follow me on Instagram at Tyrude. And, you know, I don't have anything fun this week, but... I am going on Thursday to get fingerprinted from oh. the FBI. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. It's pretty, for work, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little, I don't know. That's I, fun. I just like freely, I feel like we freely just do this. Oh, I have to go get fingerprinted by the FBI. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Whatever. Just another Thursday. The whole internet it's has America, like information right? anyways. Literally. So I can't. It's an uphill battle I'll, at this point. Won't be able to hide from um, I'm Cheyenne. Um, you can follow me at uh, C-H-A-Y-A-N-D-E-A-N. I'll probably continue to spell that until I die. Um, and uh, this week, I'm actually finalizing um, a draft of something I've been working on, so stay tuned for that. How um, exciting. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to say too much on it, but it's been a lot of fun. Honestly, I just got really inspired to like do it, and um, yeah, good. good. Fabulous. Hey guys, it's Connor, and you can follow me at Norton Connor. That's my name. And um, this week is the beginning of spring, and that just makes me happy. Yay! I love Goodbye, that. winter. Yeah. Rest in peace. Oh my god. Has I know, anybody right? like gotten into the new time change? I feel like I'm still suffering. No, <laughs> it's no. been like a what, few a more week? weeks. I'm not even, oh, I'm not even recovered after St. Patrick's Day. I'm like just screwed up. <laughs> you little ginger. You need some water. Um, He's a I leprechaun. Need <laughs> you're a bad you're leprechaun. You're like a plant. That's you're a naughty gay leprechaun. <laughs> we get it. You're Irish. <laughs> We get it. Stop shoving it in our faces. 23andMe told me. Speaking of shoving things in people's faces, um, you know, Ariana Grande and Pete (laughs) Davidson had a very, very public affair that we just couldn't stop hearing about. They began dating around May 2018 before splitting in October um, of last year. And during that time, the pair got several tattoos together. Mm. She's in the process of adapting several of them. Would you get a tattoo with a significant other? No. Absolutely not. No. I would. Why? Are you and like? But it's got to be a very long time in the relationship. Like, and I think it's kind of fun. Wait, and okay, it's like wait. you're bonding. It's like a thing. Like you can. I think tattoos are a bad idea. I think you'll regret it someday. Wait, but are you seeing like a tattoo of like someone's name or like just a tattoo? Anything of someone you, else, you just, like matching, like a cup, like you know, people go and get matching tattoos, or they get like, like when you get symbol, like, like something a Chinese, Chinese symbol that symbol says that you Chinese like, grill, that means know what it's Japanese means. barbecue. I mean, <laughs> like, of course, they have another. I just think that's depends. It's like really deep in the relationship. Right. The only person I would ever consider yeah. it for is chair. I mean, I feel like I feel like <laughs> tattoos in general, they're always right. kind of like where you are at in the moment, and in the same token, it's like, so is that person you feel so inclined to do so. And even if it's like a tattoo that isn't a name, but you don't like it, it's still kind of like, 
a memory of that time. But what if that and moment's tattoo. gone? What well, if the, the moment's dead? That's the thing. And tattoos you don't want to remember that. Still be edited as we have like lovingly seen from Ariana Grande. I guess honestly, I don't really like pay attention to her, but. But yeah, I think that's kind of like the beauty of like permanent markings, you know, is you can always still like add on to them, I guess. Yeah. And, and it still represents like what you felt. On I think time. it is a beautiful thing. She was like not covering it up, just evolving was her mm-hmm. caption. And I think that's like really beautiful because she like didn't entirely cover it up. It is just like, it is like a memory of a time and it wasn't amazing, but like you, it's still there. Because you can't cover it for scars. You got to work with them, you know? That's true. Yeah. Well, Pete Davidson, like he had a matching one with Ariana Grande and he covered it with the word cursed. That doesn't seem like he's like... <laughs> I mean, that's how he's evolving. Maybe, he's, I don't know. It's a little... It's hard, maybe but just, didn't he make a joke about, like, he's cursed now? Like, well, he's yes, asked yeah. three different women, like, their hand in marriage. And he's, he's the, like, third one. Like, or well, he just really loves Harry Potter and the cursed child and the tattoo's not done yet. It's evolving. Maybe, maybe it's always. not announced and he's gonna be on Broadway. I think he's actually the next Isn't she still, like, 14, though? So like, what's that even legal? I feel like my thing is like they're both. (laughs) I feel like I feel like they're both eight years old. Like they got these tattoos after three months. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Maybe like a temporary tattoo would be fun or a henna. They moved quick. (laughs) Henna's great. Just Just get a henna tattoo. Just go get a couple's massage. (laughs) Some microblading. Get some bangs. I don't know. It's just stupid. Literally a real tattoo. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of that. She should stick to like her dog you love and just. I'm like I'm like they're living through like. The stuff that they put themselves through and like I don't know that just makes me kind of happy maybe that makes me sadistic but it's like yeah I mean you know love passionately live with it they're owning no it. regrets <laughs> yeah no regrets well speaking of owning it Warner Brothers Entertainment Chairman and CEO Kevin Tusihara has stepped down amid sexual misconduct investigations into his relationship with an actress whom he allegedly helped secure roles um, for in major studio projects she um, apparently got a couple bit roles in a couple films, mm-hmm. and wasn't one like Ocean's Eight most recently? Is yes, she was in Ocean's Eight. Yeah, so yeah. like it, it's a recent big film. So, but seriously, the uh, the other film that apparently was the film she had a bigger role in was 2016's How to Be Single. I mean, seriously, you sleep your way to how to the movie How to Be Single, not at least like Wonder Woman or like a bigger role. I'm like, I still don't know who Charlotte Kirk is. That's her name. I guess you better believe if I was having sex who? with a Hollywood CEO, I would be on Riverdale within the week. It's like, I don't want to be on some tiny... <laughs> I would be I on Big Little Lies. It's like, I'm going to be with all the queens. Mm-hmm. It better be a show. If you're going to go through all... You're going to do that? No, I you mean, should be please. on The Big Bang Theory. I know, right? Duh. Coming soon to CBS. Or The Big Bang Theory but for those of you. Can you believe... Uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys believe that, though? I mean, like... Wait, so she came out and said that? They both came out. There yeah. were, apparently, The Hollywood Reporter released um, text messages and emails of mm-hmm. the two. He but all, he sent a whole email like it was actually a good email. He yeah. owned up he to owned it. it. And, yeah. Like he was just like I don't want to like diminish anything yeah. that this company yeah. has like worked so hard for that I've worked with them because he did do a lot of great. Like it wasn't a Harvey yeah. Weinstein. He's like I'm just gonna exit and yeah. let you guys keep going. Let's I don't want this to be yeah yeah. His, so his, I think it was great. I, I think, think his exact quote here was the hard work of everyone within this organization is truly admirable and I won't let media attention from my past detract from all the great work this team is doing. Yeah. I think if, if this thing like this happens, this is the way to go oh, yeah. and it's respectable in that realm and like mm-hmm. set down before it brings any like negative more negative energy to yeah. it like just. 
and it's really like it's really telling of um like how important it is to be taking this stuff seriously even with regards of like oh well this person did so much for the art the music the community for running all of this um when we keep making that as an excuse to uh why someone who like performed actions similar to whatever degree might be then we're kind of just like excusing those actions for the sake of someone's like accolades so it's kind of like refreshing for someone to be like you know what like i'm just gonna take this cue as like an exit um you know i i, I feel like it, it, it helps the cause a lot you know and yeah been there for 25 years i mean yeah. this, is, this is very bold of him yeah I mean, exactly was she a willing participant? Oh what yeah. Was so yeah. it's like it's yeah. I think whatever. Mm. They yeah. own up it to it. Move on. I think that's. It sucks. Exactly. I think they're. Like, yeah. Move they're on. Moving on. I mean, it, we've all seen Smash, you know, and this happens there too with the director, and I just think. And so they got it. Honestly, yeah. history yeah. just keeps repeating. Well, I'm glad itself. it wasn't blackmailed. I'm glad like no. it, like it wasn't yeah. Weinstein mm-hmm. blackmailing people into. No. And you're right. It looks like that they it both were able. It was a consensual. Yeah, and they're owning yeah, it and moving on, which is a big step up from a lot of the sex yeah. scandals we've seen in the last couple of years. People are now in positions, and we're putting people in positions where they have to own it. It sucks. He was the first Asian American man to run a major Hollywood studio. Yeah, but um. He, you know, did a lot of great work for Warner Brothers, and that's really cool. Well, and I think it's really cool that it's a true testament of, like, him believing in that company and, like, I don't want to ruin this. Mm -hmm. And, like, what you said, like, she's not a big, huge, huge star. Who's Charlotte Kirk? So it's not like, you know. And it's not like he got a tattoo with her name on it or something. (laughs) Yeah. Could you imagine if he did something like that? He's cursed, obviously. That would be ridiculous. Could you ever imagine being in a position like that, though, where success was based off of who you slept with. I mean, would you guys ever put yourselves in a position like that where you but would sleep with people? But people do it all people? the time. Absolutely. Some time. people find power sexy. Like, it's... Yeah. It's really crazy. It's the Marilyn yeah. Monroe thing. I don't know. I'm far from being in that situation, so yeah. I personally cannot say. Um, yeah, I just feel like I, I would fi- I'd find out if I was in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be a crazy situation it, to be in. It depends. I mean, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Okay, well, well uh, on that very good. How do you note, think I got on this podcast? Yeah. I know. <laughs> We're all sleeping our way somewhere. <laughs> Let's talk about some magical stuff. J.K. Rowling is facing backlash on social media for recent comments she made about the sexuality of two of her characters. Apparently, um, in an interview in a DVD and Blu-ray feature of the film The Crimes of Grindelwald, the writer said Dumbledore and Grindelwald may have had a sexual dimension to the relationship. But that's pretty much all she said, and she got a lot of flack for it. Why? Which And I was confused because, uh, to be honest, I haven't been following up. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, but I haven't been following up on a lot of this. Um, so when I saw that, I was like, are we talking about this like again? Like, I, I thought it was already established that they did have a relationship or, or, or anything like that. But you know what pisses me off? She is an amazing writer. I'm the biggest fan of the Harry Potter books. I literally am, I, you know, will pass them down for generations and generations. But I think that it is really cowardly to make so many comments afterwards, but not to have the courage to put that actually in the books, to put that actually in the films that you have. And she hasn't done that. So there's a level of cowardice where you're able to speak freely about it on Twitter, sure, or in an interview. But why isn't that featured in the movies or books? And especially since, like, when you really look at it at, like, a script analysis or text analysis or anything, um, like, you really want to consider if it's in the text, then it's, like, proof, you know? And if it's not in the text, then that's not, like, whatever deductions you may make like it's not really valid you know it's not even alluded to is the thing i think that's and and like what brandon said there i think it's people are finding issue in that if she she's saying it now as like part of this 
bandwagon like oh it's so cool to mm-hmm. you know have a gay character this and that and like gets oh, more gonna... press well right. right now we're having new movies that are exploring their relationship but not really so if, if she's if she's not going to include that in the movies in the new yeah. movies then it's completely just a bullshit that she's posting on twitter but i guess also like when they, like, when the whole like dumpdoor being gay even introduced someone like asked her like did Dumbledore have any past relationships or whatever like she didn't really even like open that up and I feel like a lot of this is sort of like a result of that comment of her being like oh well I mean he's gay yeah like that wasn't even something she really introduced I don't know who thought in that but you're a huge Harry Potter fan too I'm interested do you think that it's kind of odd that she's brought it up so much later do you think it's kind of a disservice to to the book she's never been like her high point writing books has never been about like like romantic relationships, you know what I mean. So I, I don't know. I'm a huge fan, um, and obviously I, I feel like I was more disappointed with um, like, uh, Curse of Child, like not being more gay personally, but like also, I, um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm very stuck on like the seven books as being canon, and yeah. I kind of feel like everything outside of that isn't really. Yeah. So everything is becomes well. The new fiction. movie should. The new movie should be a part of that canon. But sure. if she's not going to include their gay relationship in a movie about their relationship. Yeah, because like, like her writing is These about... movies are in the time of when they would have been having this yeah. relationship. And I yeah. think so... Grindelwald is clearly a homosexual now. I mean, yeah. he is... Just Johnny to... Tapp. I mean... Listen to the name. Home. Grindelwald. Grindelwald. I mean, but also... Though, and his in... first name's Gillert. She she did first Grindelwald. declare that Dumbledore was, Dumbledore was gay in 2007. Yeah. So that was 10 years after the first novel came out. And this is now twelve years ago today. She did first say that, but never really said anything else on it, and until now. So it's like it wasn't the first time she actually hinted at that and like directly said it. So I think people, yes. some people without not everybody's upset. Some people are just like, we love the books, we love the story. Does it does it change anything? Not really. The stories are right. still amazing. So. Wait, yeah. so what is this like? What's the big deal? Well, like people, she's getting no, mad people are cause... people are mad that it's not anywhere except on Twitter. It's not actually in, right. in any source material. It's just her th- her words on Twitter right. uh, but that really mean nothing to the actual. Because like even if you're reading about like relationships with like anyone well, like in the books, anyways, it's yeah, like she but... she doesn't write anything about like relationships in general. She just missed a big opportunity for uh, representation of any like gay character. Even like a lot of diversity was not in the books either. How cool! Yeah. It's all about white gay. kids. Yeah, how cool! I mean, well, Hermione's ambiguous, but. Wait, but that's another good, like, point of, like, what's in the text. And what's in the text is that she's brown-eyed and has, like, curly hair. Like, that's it. But so she that's states the, text. the white skin of every other character, but why can't she say a black character? Sure, like, yeah. Dark, brown, yeah. I, I think the best thing to come out of this, though, is a the whole Twitter is. Um, memes that have been coming. And I've been thoroughly love enjoying it. them at work um, as I scroll <laughs> through because they have, oh, you know, the gays those, have really yeah. just... Had the best time. Where it's like story. no one, yeah. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, and I mean, Dobby's she's, actually pansexual. She's a like. fabulous. <laughs> she's a fabulous writer and an amazing, you know, activist mm-hmm. and all that. But it's true, there is a bit of it lacking and stuff. And it'll be so cool when someday there's children's books that do feature gay characters, and there are films that come out where it's normal. It's not like yeah. put in sort of like done before stories like where a gay character is inserted it won't be like the best friend it won't be like love simon where it's it'll be more normal it won't be like oh a gay man in a, a cinderella version of a story it'll just be like a person in a movie yeah, in a right. book i think also just the time period to consider is that this was written so many years Very ago true. and you know many of us well, none of us were out then too and Very I, think, true. I think it's a different yeah. time where she felt that was her intention but she couldn't yeah. have said it until today yeah well we're making waves in other ways in the gay community because south bend indiana mayor peter Buttigieg 
has announced he's raised enough from individual donors to guarantee him a spot at the first Democratic presidential debate of the 2020 cycle. What's so cool is he's the first openly gay man um, to be running for president of the United States. And now he'll be included in the debates, which is nuts. I mean, no matter what, it's a huge moment for history. You know? I mean... It's, it's really cool. He's raised $76,000, which has surpassed the $65,000 mark the DNC put in place. So it's crazy. Could you, did you guys ever imagine you'd be alive in a time where you could see a gay man get this far? Absolutely not, especially in today's political climate with what we have currently. I think this is an absolute milestone that someone of the LGBTQ community has been able to put themselves forward and receive this amount of it's 76,000, you should clarify, 76,000 individual donors. It's not just yes. like, mm-hmm. it's not the amount of money, it's yes. not like a dollar point, it's 76,000 people. Um, and from to be from Indiana and have this this pool still, I think is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I actually like, like did and like could see this happening. You know, I'm not like incredibly like shocked, even with the political climate and everything, um, only because... Um, I don't know, I, I feel like there's been, like, a lot of, like, really good, positive, like, strife in terms of, um, at least, like, cisgendered sexuality. Um, so, nonetheless, like, that doesn't distract from, like, how, like, amazing of an opportunity this is. But, um, I don't know, I, I feel like it's important, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I expected this. And, and for once, something that, like, people like us, like, expected is actually, like, becoming true, you know? It's I also nuts. I also think that he just makes it seem very normal. Like when he like does interviews, it's like that's not his main point. Right. Point. Like I guess that's just, why I feel kind of like he yeah, was. I, he, the, I remember like the biggest thing him being like, "Well, I got married, but we were together for a long time. But mm-hmm. we just got married because we didn't want people when I started running or or being in um, poli- politics. Like I didn't want them to like start their own like rumors or whatever. That's it's like I'm proud of being who I am. So and and he's done a lot with other people. Like he's built a, his own like. Little empire. A lot of people say he. There's no chance in hell that he'll get past this point. I don't. I don't think it. Matt, you don't think he will. No, I just don't think he will. But I'm just like proud of. He's running against a large pool of of candidates. Some bigger names, and he has a new name in all this. Yeah. Um. I think it is. It's. He's seen. That's great. Like, and yeah, he can be being seen in this race is already a big stride for the LGBT. And he's. Still yeah. incredibly young, like for what for as much as he's accomplished. Yeah, so like right. he's just he it's he's still gotten what, so far. What he's already so. doing, yeah. I mean, and I I mean when he first came out, I saw this. I was like, I you know really do like him. I like some of what he's saying, but I don't think I'm gonna really align with him just because he's a gay man. And then I took this this quiz online, and he actually ended up being my number one by like eighty seven or eighty eight percent more than wow. any other Democrat, wow. which I was shocked by. Because um, he has some some conservative and some other and some views which. You know, I don't think I'm that one in the spectrum personally, and so he was my the my closest candidate for that. So that That's was shocking huge. to me, and so that yes. was cool for me. So I did more research into him, and I really do admire all of his policies when he's saying. Wow. So mm-hmm. I think that people just need to look more into it, and it's not just he's gay. I'm gonna vote for him, and I hope no gay men are doing that. Yeah, if you're listening, do yeah. not like that's no way to to vote. That's huge, and you go. That's really true. Like researching everything, mm-hmm. researching and double checking and fact checking and multiple sources. As many as you can find to check stuff. We love facts at the round. We love facts, facts at the are round. Facts are facts. You know, and he's really cute and he has a dog, so it's like, what else do we need? But I'm obsessed because he was became mayor in Indiana during when Mike Pence was governor, um, mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And so he's really intriguing to me because it's I've been there and it's just such, you know, a conservative state and it's so different than 
so many states. So it's really interesting. He's had success in a very conservative state. Mm-hmm. Right. And we all know Mike Pence put money and funds and allocation towards conversion therapy camps and to have an openly gay politician in that same state is just like that is it's I think it's incredible it's a beautiful thing and I and for that I hope he gets far it is you know it's hard to say and you know maybe a little bit doubtful but he's he's making strides already so who knows it's just cool to have presence in more more world politics yeah it's just normal it's normal yeah. and it's cool yeah. and it's an amazing thing mm-hmm. and so fabulous, fabulous conversations, guys. You know, anything is possible. We didn't think we could have talked to our house as president, but here we are. Here we are. I know it's a it's a crazy world. And now time for our interview section. All right, guys, we are back with our interview section of the episode, and we are here with Nick. Blaymeyer, all the way from the West Coast, which I'm so jealous of. How are you doing, Nick? <laughs> I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm jealous because I know you're in the sunshine, and I'm over here on the East Coast, withering away, cold. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> jealous. I'm sorry, but I, I will say I am in traffic right now, so it really balances out. Okay, so everything's even then, because I'm taking the one yeah. train home. So we all we there's pros and cons everywhere. There truly are. There truly are. <laughs> Well, it's so cool. You're in San Francisco, and you are doing the national tour of falsettos with a bunch of fantastic people, Eden Espinoza, Alex McCall, fantastic, fantastic people, um, and you, of course, in it. What an all-star cast. Thanks, man. How much fun have you guys Thanks. been having? Oh, man. I mean, it's it's really intense. It's been pretty profound, honestly. I mean, I, I had to say when I got the job, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I'd worked with James Lapine before on a play of his, and I, I, I'm, you know, he's a he's a legend. He's he's a hero yeah. of mine. And I I've worked with Bill Finn as a writer. He curated a a musical of mine that he um, he runs a a, uh, a New Works thing up at Barrington Stage in Massachusetts, and he did a show of mine up there. But I've never worked with him as an actor. And I actually didn't know this show all that well. I just knew that people really revered it. And so I sort of, yeah. I just sort of, sort of felt like gravitated to it in a way. And yeah. I, you know, on the way there, like I, I'm married, I'm, I'm doing a lot of work in New York as a writer. So I'm, I was sort of like, I don't know if I should be going on tour. I don't know what the right sort of quote unquote career move, next career move is. And I'm so, I'm so grateful to you both my, my representation and to my wife for saying, like, I think this is actually, this is important. This is bigger than, like, you know, career moves. And when I got into the room, I really realized how, how right they were that, you know, often we do shows that, that, you know, make people laugh and, and clap and feel like they, you know, got what their, their money's worth. And this sort of transcends a lot of that. I mean, it's a show that that speaks to some really hard parts uh, about life in a way that is both really wise and really funny, and and is a really good reminder to us all about how kind of how all in it together we we are and need to be, and especially at a time as divided as uh, as this is, to be traveling the country and talking about that feels really really special. And it's insane. It's so cool, and that's. I mean, the gift of what we get to do, getting to, you know, through our art, reach people and, and yeah. affect people and the times and stuff. It sounds so really. much fun. I mean, is there a favorite moment for you that you look forward to every night that you're just like, I can't wait to do this. I can't get to have this moment with this person. Oh, man. I mean, I um, it, it kind of all is. I, <laughs> I think uh, 
Please Come to Our House, um, which is about halfway through Act 1. It's a really wonderful moment because up until that point, the hardest part of the entire show for me is the first third because Mendel in the first third is uh, he's doing a lot of very selfish things and trying to figure out how to motivate those and not judge what the character is doing is is like a razor's edge, and I can totally fall into kind of either extreme if I'm not careful. And then once I reach Please Come to Our House, which leads into Marriage Proposal, that feels like sort of Act 2 of Act 1, and it's sort of the moment where where Mendel sees, you know, how special this kid is and how special this woman is, and he just really, he turns a corner. And so I, I love that discovery every night and the feel all right for the rest of your life. That, that stuff is so fun to sing. <laughs> the band is killing. I mean, it's, it, the vocal arrangements are amazing. I, it's just, oh it's, a, it's a total blast every, every night. Uh, I know, the music in it, it's just insane. It's so fun. It's insane. So, it's, it's absolutely insane. You know, and talking about Epic. music and stuff, besides being a superstar performer and stuff, from, I mean, you've been in Godspell, Tick, Tick, Boom, you write your own material, which is, also amazing. And, I mean, how Thanks. initially did you get into that? Honestly, I, I feel like there's a bit of a corollary between me ending up in this show and me being a writer in that really? I didn't really plan either one. I feel sort of pulled to them. And that's, that's something that, you know, you are speaking a minute ago about reaching people and, and yeah. how, how and why we do this stuff and what is actually going on in terms of, like, I have been reached, you know, I'm an, I'm a music fan, I'm a theater fan, and, and I go, you know, it's sort of my church, I go to, like, get got by the, by the show, and, <laughs> yeah. and there's just, like, there's a gazillion ways that you can do that, you know, from being a dramaturg to being a performer or producer, yeah. and I, I think, uh, for me, I got into this because I love acting, um, but being an actor is tricky. And I think it, it brings up a lot of uh, potentially unhealthy um, sort of passive qualities and that, like, you can, really, yeah. you, know, you can really sit and wait for, for the next job and you can kind of get caught in, in mental loops that are tricky. And one of the things that I found really young was that writing helped me kind of counteract that energy and put my creative energy somewhere without having to wait for anybody. And oh, I, I still got that. to... Thanks. And I still got to have that, you know, that dialogue with, with an audience. And it was also nice to be in the audience while that dialogue was going on. It's really out of body to watch, to watch your own work with a group of strangers. And so I, I just, I've continually loved that experience. And I've definitely had ups and downs and lefts and rights within that, um, that part of my life. But I, I have as an actor too. And, you know, at the end of it, as a writer, I have, I have an entire show to show for it. And it's, it's quite a wonderful feeling. Fabulous. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, the fact that you're getting to doing something like that. I mean, some of the stuff uh, that you've done, I'm such a huge Glory Days fan. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, man, thanks. Something like that. And you're giving people opportunities. And that's a whole other thing that being able to write is doing, opening doors for other actors, which is insane as well and so cool. Thanks, man. Well, I, I will say, like, I, I do think that is a, a big part of it, too, is that I, I feel like such a – I'm the beneficiary so often of other people's hard work as an actor yeah. and to get to, to pay that back feels very, it really balances out the karma in a certain way because, yeah. you know, when you write a show, it might be about me, like something about the story and I, Josh,
why, like, I have anything to say about it. And that's yeah. the same, you know, for, for an actor. But it's, it's, really, it's really not about me when it, when it comes time to do it. It's about the actors on stage and the audience watching it and the story. Like, the story's more important than I am or than anything that I've done to it. It's just about, like, can I serve the story? And so it's, it's, a, it's a real joy to be able to give uh, people opportunities, especially people who have given me opportunities. But it's, it's lovely because it's also not – you know, sort of self-aggrandizing in that way. It feels like I'm actually just offering this up. Like, can this be a reason for us to get together and do this thing? Um, Because it it means so much to me when we do. And and so it's really a favor back when people want to do my stuff. Well, and it just seems so cool how organic it's been, you know? And something you mentioned earlier, my kind of last question for you is going to be, you mentioned balance. And I read in something that you talked about balance as an actor, and I think that applies to being a human, too, kind of about just, you've got to have a balance in this business, and in whatever you do, it, it can't, you know, you can't be so serious about it all the time, you have to have a normal life in the midst of it, and enjoy life. I think you're right, I mean, we only yeah. get one, it's it's and really quite one. intense, and, and the show, uh, Falsettos, really, really speaks to that, and I actually have realized that a lot of the writing that I've done has been about mortality, and wow. it's just, you know, it's the, the, the thing that we all share, which trickles down to all the other things that we share, whether or not, you know, racism and sexism and homophobia and any of the divisions that have been set up within us and our society, whether those things allow us to, to access our yeah. commonalities as readily as we should be able to. But I think, you know, it's, we live in a social media world, we live in an internet world, we live in a cynical world, we live in a divided political climate, and I think trying to find balance within those those disparities is, is deeply important, and especially for anybody who's, you know, who's going to try to do something with their their insides, you know, to, to, to say anything to any audience, you have to try to be saying that, saying what you're saying with focus and with a clarity, so you don't, you know join a show which whose message you don't agree with or, you know, try to try to sort of coast through life without having an opinion about it. You can't. Because that's, that's the interesting stuff. When we have opinions and when it's put on in an organic way. And I'm just so happy to be able to talk to you about that because, you know, I think everything you've been able to do and bring to the table has had that in it. So thank you for, thank you. you know, all what you bring in. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. And Nick, can you tell us your social media where people can keep up with you? Why, sure. So it's at Nick Blameyer on Twitter and at Blameyer on Instagram. It's B-L-A-E-M-I-R-E. I will see you there. Fabulous. Oh, my God, Nick. Thank you so much. You're listening to The Round. Bye. 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 Bye.